As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh a man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Rob Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode three of Brav Bros, your favorite dude podcast for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by Shooter. Shooter, how are we doing tonight? Happy to be here and really getting comfortable in this seat. Really enjoying my uh, my stay with the Brav Bros. It's been a fun time. Yeah, it's really starting to feel like an actual studio, not my sunroom. I guess we should intro with... Our thank yous, really. You know, we had another really cool week. Um, we had a ton of listeners. Our episode one listens are up to like 108 the last I checked, Crazy. which is insane. Like, people are still continually listening to it. They're starting to catch on. The Brav Bros are catching up. Everyone's starting to hear about it. It's pretty exciting. And, um, you know, just thank you guys. Thank whoever is listening to this, whoever's giving these two idiots their ears for like an hour. We're super appreciative. So thank you. We got Dubai coming out, which there's an exciting prospect about Dubai. Okay, think about it this way. We're new to the Bravo world. Dubai is new to the Bravo world. We could be the foremost experts on Dubai. We could kind of ride the Dubai wave. How do you feel about that? Yeah, you might be cynically thinking that we had a reason to do this when we did this. But honestly, I had no idea that Dubai was even coming out. So this coinciding with the beginning of our podcast is great. We get in on the ground floor. You know, a lot of the stuff that I personally have issues with, you know, here as well as outside of this and talking to my girlfriend is, yeah, I didn't watch season two of Beverly Hills. I didn't watch, you know, the first couple seasons of Jersey. So there are some little nuances, some references that come through that may fall deaf on my ears, but that's not going to happen with Dubai. We're getting in there ground level. And we're going to make sure that we cover it all. We're getting fresh tea. We're getting the fresh, the freshest of the tea. And yeah. I'm thrilled because the only thing, I mean, there's a couple of repeats. Um, yeah. A couple of people that have showed back up in some of the trailers. We got Caroline Stanberry, who I guess was in Ladies of London, which is something that I've just recently watched because Dev, my wife, is, um, I'm going to do that every time, is rewatching the show i didn't even know that was a show but caroline stanberry i guess was the like according to devin the hbic the head bitch in charge of ladies of london and then she got divorced she left the show she ended up moving to dubai and marrying some like 22 year old like smoke show dude and is now like living that life so i guess she's back um you get a quick phaedra appearance from atlanta I don't know much about Phaedra. That was before my era. But there's a lot of tea on that. There's a lot going on there. I need to stop saying tea, but yeah. there's a lot happening there. there. Yeah, there are some connections with, you know, through Atlanta and then through even some people who aren't in the show. With Phaedra being connected to T.I.'s wife, Tiny. And there's a couple of allegations that came through with that. Maybe not legal allegations, I have but a theory. some rumors. What do you have? I have, a, I have a theory that connects them to T.I. So okay. hear me out. So do you remember T.I. had allegations come out against him and his wife? Yeah. His I, wife. Yep. That 
they were drugging people and they had a sex dungeon and I don't know if they they said that they had a sex I think the sex dungeon was reference to uh Housewives of Atlanta but TI and his wife were definitely accused of drugging people and maybe pushing into you know sexual assault territory things really like bad. that like yeah like horrible horrible things yeah. and so apparently Phaedra was either she left the show or she was asked to leave the show or was told to leave the show because she made the same allegations against Candy. And Candy was in a band with T.I.'s wife. And that band was weirdly named Escape. 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 X-S-C-A-P-E. And look, we might be completely wrong on this. Um I don't know how much of Atlanta you've watched. I was actually pretty delighted, and not just because of doing this show or you know really getting into Housewives. I honestly had Atlanta on in the background. My girlfriend was watching it, and it was extremely tolerable, which is way more than I can say about some of the other first Housewives shows that I've watched. It was a good. There was a good plot. There's a good connection to the characters. They're funny. Uh, the house husbands if you will, because all of the housewives in Atlanta have their own lucrative investments and companies that they're going through. And the house husbands just kind of, you know, they have their little side gigs. They buy some properties here and there. They try to, you know, tune them up and get them back out. They're not really doing a whole lot. Whereas you kind of see in the other housewife shows that behind the scenes, the husbands are the ones who are making a ton of money. You have your outliers, of course, who are the women that are making a lot of money, but this is a completely different perspective. And I really enjoyed it. It wasn't a bunch of, people just yelling at each other and accusing people of things. It was very real and very like upfront and it was kind of cool to watch. Yeah. I've actually just recently gotten into Atlanta. Um, I've heard for years that it's like, or I guess two years, my Bravo career, um, that it's one of the better franchises and I've been caught up in the other, like Potomac's my favorite by mm-hmm. far. Like I could watch that. Over I'm excited to get again. in Potomac. I haven't I watched any Potomac. You haven't? No. Oh my god. I'm gonna have like, to do a full like refresher before it comes out. But. They the, that cast of characters, I mean, is is incredible. Like their their husbands are like a whole storyline in themselves, like all the shit that they have going on, all the stupid shit that they do, and then the wives all have shit going on and like they're ruthless and like they pull no punches. Like they're it's such a fun franchise to watch and like I'm, I'm, I can't wait to cover that one. Like, that's probably what I'm most excited for. Yeah, that'll be a good one. And and it does kind of, like, essentially what we'll do is, you know, Bravo has it tightly packaged where you have a Housewife show coming out. And then when that one ends, you've got another one picking up. But there are some overlap with some other shows. So we'll probably have, you know, the end of Beverly Hills, maybe around the reunion. We'll get, I think, Southern Charm's going to come in in the early stages of their season. We'll still have Dubai on. And then that'll lead into Potomac. I, I don't know if my scheduling is entirely correct, but I think, you know, ideally for this show, and we're obviously open to suggestions from you guys because you guys are the ones who are listening to us. We love suggestions. You don't have to wait for, you know, a question to pop up on the Instagram. No. Just DM us and be yeah, like, hey, shoot it our way. You're spending way too much time on this. Why don't you talk about this? Yeah, like, we want to yeah. hear about this. Shoot it our way. Yeah, there you go. Shooter it our way. Yeah. Send it on over. But I think what we'll probably do is we'll go, you know, the meat and potatoes, the the main course of these couple of episodes are obviously going to be Beverly Hills. And then Potomac's going to be the replacement for that. I, I yeah, I think that's where we're going to pick up next, probably, our, like, 
main topics of the show, but we'll always, I guess the, the beginning's always going to be what's hip and hot right now in the Bravo world. Again, like kind of a slower week in the Bravo world. So what I wanted to do, and this could be a total disaster, but we need taglines. In my opinion, as Brav bros, as members of the Bravo universe now, in our own minds, we need taglines. Every housewife has a tagline. So instead of telling Shooter this previously and giving him time to work on it, I thought it would be much funnier if we play the intro and you have to freestyle your tagline. And we will continue to freestyle until we figure out what our taglines are. We'll go back and forth. You'll try one, and then I'll try one. I have one that like came to the top of my head immediately, and I'm really hoping I go one for one here because I'm definitely not creative enough <laughs> to put something together, let alone a coherent sentence. I'm doing a great job here, but... You're flowing right now. Doing this and then having to try to think of something creative, like a tagline. I have one in my mind. I hope it works. And then I can kind of take a seat back and just watch Steel try to you know tread water for a little while i have some that like immediately popped and it's kind of unfair because i i had this idea so like i was pondering a little bit but like i came up with general topics i think but the action there's only one tagline that i like instantly thought of but it, i think it's too easy and i don't think it's like fun enough we'll get there but mine are more like topic focused i just need to like you know fine-tune it if you will yeah I, I mean i don't know i think they're all pretty generalized like well yeah i mean you could say whatever but like the ones that stand out are the ones that people remember yeah. like we can go through some of those but like you can't say like i'm the realest bitch in lafayette hill i might be the realest bitch in lafayette hill i hope that was one of yours i i that could be it i could be done i might be the realest bitch in lafayette hill bam yeah easy well I'll try it against the music, but I got it queued up. Um, we're going to give it our best shot. I'll let you, I'll let you listen to it for a little bit so you kind of like know what we're getting into. Hold on one sec. Let me, let me do this. And I'm, I'm using my, uh, my daughter's frozen headphones because that's all we have. Yeah. Plug into computers. Everything's Bluetooth. Here we go. So that's, that's what we're working with. Okay. I got it. I feel like I'm in the studio, like hearing a beat for the first time. Like, all right, I'm gonna lay down some tracks. You're right gonna now. lay down some tracks. You need to hear it again. No, no, I got to hear it again. Yeah. All right, all right. So let. <laughs> Are you ready? Yep. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You try to gaslight the gaslighter, you're gonna end up on E. On E? It works so many different ways. You're off of Bravo. You're going to go over to E. Oh, Nobody wants to be on fucking E. That's not that's bad. It's a dead channel. If you try to gaslight the gaslighter, you're going to end up on E? Yeah. I'm the gaslighter. I know that. You try to gaslight me. Anybody that knows you knows that. Yeah, it's not going to work. I, that's good. I that's, it, I'm I, not going to lie. And I mean no disrespect. I didn't have that high of hopes. Do you think I did? I mean, you, you told me, and I'm like, I don't know. I was thinking of the dumbest shit that I could possibly say. That, and then during the episode, somebody said gaslight. And I was like, that's... That's my angle. Yeah, that, there's an my angle. angle. Wow. 
I good job. Yeah, one and done. Good job. All right, all right. Now you you have to hold the the headphones. All right. In our super official studio. Hold on, you're hooked. There we go. Okay. Ah, oh, mine sucks now. Yep. All right, we're gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go back. You did call it. I was gonna have to tread. You were that confident. You were silently confident. Wow, I feel gaslit. <laughs> <laughs> Staying true to form. Okay, okay, okay. Ready? Yep. If you can't stand the heat, get out of my kitchen. Yeah, that works. That's like generalized enough. Right. It's not specific to a situation. It's no. not even specific to you. But well, I'm a private chef. Yeah. So it, it works. It definitely works. Okay, okay. I now feel you, like you got a few more. I'm just going... Yeah, I can't you're gonna have to go again. I'll, I'll, you're gonna have to go another, again. We'll I'll give you some draft. time. Okay. Oh yeah, snake trap. Bob Bros. Okay. Um, give me like two seconds to think about it. All right. All right. Yeah. So let's... the topic I have, I mean, it's baseball. It's got to be something baseball. Yeah. But I struggle. You try to throw me a curveball, I'm gonna hit it out of the park. That's 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 good. Yeah. That seems obvious, but that's good. There's a, it, it's funny because like there's there's definitely like certain words that you have to like enunciate a little harder. Mm-hmm. Like the way that they like construct their sentences. And I'm not saying that they put a lot of energy into these taglines or if they're just created by somebody else. They might. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. So they could just be handed off to them. They may not. Ha- they don't have to go through this process of, no. of tagline freestyle, which no. by the way, when we have guests on in the future, if this works, they will be doing tagline freestyle. They have to. Yeah. That's going to be like one of our trademarks of the yeah. show. And we'll have guests soon. Actually, we're, yeah. we're looking into that. I, I need to figure out how to hook up a third microphone. Well, that's fine. But, but we're getting there. Well, then we'll give you, I'll give you a little bit of time to think. Um, this has know, been helpful. Yeah. The other thing um, that we will have to get into this summer is Southern Charm. And I know that you, know, you, you said earlier that you haven't really watched a lot of Southern Charm. You haven't really gotten into it. How it's been kind of portrayed to me, and I've watched probably about I think two, two and a half seasons. I've watched almost as much Southern Charm as I've watched Summer House, but I watched two episodes and found them so insufferable that I, I boycotted. It's it's a little better because it's not just like you don't get just their weekend. You don't get like I guess kind of like the Housewives. You kind of get like their midweek updates, whatever. But you get to see a little more of their day to day lives, where like what they do for a living, how their businesses are going, and they're not just like boutique businesses like craig craig makes uh pillows yeah he's and he knits he knits he knits i knew that it was funny because because he yeah. failed the bar yes so when he first so I know started, i know things i just i just don't watch it it, it but it, it gives you kind of a little more insight into their actual lives not just like you know summer house all right we're here on the weekends we're going to talk a little bit about work because we have to and their work is you know they're selling lover boy or Paige is doing like outfits or whatever, but it's she not was on like good morning America or something. I mean, yeah, that's they, not small Yeah, or, or entertainment weekly entertainment weekly. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of their, and a lot of other you know, housewives or whoever, a lot of their occupations are like entertainment centric. Yeah. So, or fashion centric for that. Hey Kyle. Yeah, exactly. Kyle opened up Kyle, a store. Yep, we'll get there. A new store. Um, Kyle and Shahida. But like, these are a little more, like actual jobs, like things that you think of in like a day to day life, like owning a, an actual like a company that 
ships or manufacturers and you know does like actual selling of goods and things like that so it is a little more interesting yeah i mean you just belittled all the other housewives jobs but i mean yeah i I see where you're going i see what you're saying yeah it's except for atlanta again atlanta's an outlier there because they their jobs are great i mean they are self-made women for the most part and they've put together their own empires and that's great oh i got one all right, here we go. I got one. Let's play the music. I got one. I got one. I got one. Cue the right, music. Here we go. Tagline freestyle. I'll, I'm going to cut that out. Here we go. Oh, I got to wait for it to come back around. I may have played in the minor leagues, but I'm living in the bigs. That's good. I That's like that good. One. Yeah. That might be it. Yeah. I think that, that could definitely work. I we, mean, we don't want to exhaust too many lines because we're going to have to come up with more in the future. When we have a guest, yeah, on, we have guests, gonna we're going to have to, we're not going to just make sure that they sit there and come up with their own. That's going to be too tough. For right. Them. We'll, we'll, we'll help them out. But now you got to do one off the cuff. Oof. Yep. You got to do one off the cuff. I All did. Right. That's fair is fair. Do you need time? Yeah. I okay. Need a minute. We, well, I'll give you some time in. I want to touch on back to Southern Charm. We yeah. got Paige coming into the picture now, who is coming off of a rough end of the season. You know, she had a tough, tough end of the year, um, summer house wise or union wise. I, you know, she she definitely changed my opinion of her throughout the season. Um, you being a Southern Charm guy, Prince Southern Charming, if you will. I'll take that. Uh, that's not bad. Um, What's your thoughts? Are we excited for Paige? Are we nervous about Paige? What's the deal? I'm not. I mean, I'm not nervous about anything because at wow. the end of the day, it's fucking, well, you fucking hard ass. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's going to be good TV for the. I mean, I guess it, sometimes people are insufferable, but Paige could borderline that for me. I, it, I just we saw a snippet tonight where Paige was talking to someone else, and she was like, "You guys might do that down there, but in New York." This is how we handle things. And it's like, oh, God, are you really going to, like, lean on the New York? I don't know where she's from, but I would bet that she's – if she's from New York, it's, like, upstate New York. You think she's a transplant in the city? Like, she's not – yeah, I don't think she's Manhattan born and bred. New York City's full of transplants as it is, so, like, I'm not knocking that. And I also find that there's a certain type of person that lives in New York that is not from New York City that leans on that same crutch. Like, well, in in the city, like, oh, well – in New York, this is what we do. Like, yeah, right. well, they call it the city, which is very annoying. That's they could, true. They could be in Philadelphia and be like, "Yeah, in the city. yeah, oh, I got yeah. it." Yeah, back in the city, it's like you're in a city. Yeah, this is a major city. Yeah, arguably a much better city than New York. Go birds! Go birds! Thank you very much. Go birds! Like, what do you want out of this season of Southern Charm? I guess like we obviously, I want to see the Craig. I will watch it for sure this season. I'm gonna have to catch up on some older stuff um, just to be in the loop on like the Craig Austin shit. I know that it's popped off because of his behavior at the summer house. Uh, Craig alluded to that on an episode of watch what happens live. Like that shit gets really real in, in Southern charm. I think they're in the middle of filming like more towards the end of it. At that point he was on there with, um, with Paige. but I do think that Austin gets called out for a lot of that shit. So I'm excited to see him address it. You know, you claim that he's a different person on Southern charm. And I would like to say that I do find myself, I err on the side of like, Oh, they're trying to be better, which is probably stupid because as housewives have shown us 
countless times, like it's cyclical, you know, like one of them's a total asshole and then everyone blows up at them and then they have a come to Jesus moment and then they're cool again. And then they kind of fade off in the background. And then like three seasons later, they pop off again and bam, like it's a revolving door. Like we're on a merry-go-round. So yeah, it is. It's very cyclical in that sense, but yeah, Austin is a lot different on Southern Charm, and I think you'll see that within one episode because um, there are other characters that are, I don't want to say like outshine him in a bad way, but like, who's the one guy? The one guy I was part of like a major, Shep. you knew, yeah, you, yeah. you automatically knew. Yeah. Like he was one of the main reasons I stopped watching. I I found him to be just so snide and like, he comes from family money, right? Like old school, like Charleston yeah, money. Yeah, that, that's like kind of the basis for a lot of them too. But yeah, Shep, you kind of have to, and I don't have any problems with Shep at all. I, I like him a lot. Not okay. in the sense of like, shocking. he's good TV. I just think I kind of like him as a dude. And that tracks. Yeah. I, I don't Boo. Know. Well, apparently this year he's, he causes a little more problems, so I might well, have to change I, that I, Yeah, okay. Well, I look forward to that because I, I don't know the show. Again, I'm going to catch up on it so I can provide our listeners with the best listening experience possible, and I will research it. But from the small taste of Southern Charm that I got, not a Shep fan, not on the Shep train, so we'll see if he turns me a little bit. But I'm exci- I am excited to get into a new show because I admittedly regardless of what the show is if i have something against it like summer house i wasn't big on until like i sat down and watched through it and i was like oh okay i get it so i i'm sure that i will fall in love with it and i'm sure it will become part of my like arsenal of shows that i watch but for the time being i do need to do my research so yeah and that's fair but i feel like a lot of these shows at least as brav bros both. When we sit down that first time, and we we touched on this at the beginning of the podcast, when you sit down, you don't really like what you're watching at all. No, that's but, I mean that's the basis of it, right? Yeah, and that's I, there are obviously you know some actual like written shows draw you in right away. Yeah, these you kind of have to it's get a slow to know. Burn. Yeah, you get to know people's tendencies. You get to know what's going to piss them off and what's going to you know break them. Yeah, you really have to be in tune with the nuances to like fully appreciate it for what it is yeah so you yeah. got it takes time it does take time but i'm sure i'll get into it um all right that's enough time yeah we, we need, i need uh, i guess yeah i'll throw something i need out it there. i need it i need it all right really I, hoping for the one and la- done, but. <laughs> nope i mean yeah you were one and done i will say that was a tremendous tagline like right out of the gate thank you but we need one off the cuff all right fine one ready? off the cuff okay let me get it queued up here super official ready you may think it's a nickname, but when it comes to... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Let's try it again. I, I like the intro. I like the start. You're on to something. You ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You may think it's a nickname, but when it comes to arguing, I'm a straight shooter. Oh, that's a good one, too. I don't think that's a... That's definitely not as good as the first one. No, but it's. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, again... Plus, I mean, you had plenty of time to think about it, but it was it was good. Yeah, I always feel a little dirty as like a 31-year-old guy, NARP, if you will. A NARP? Yeah, non-athletic regular person. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like kind of leaning into that shooter thing is, uh, it, it always makes me feel a little dirty, but 
I'll mean, take it but for that. that's that's who you are. Yeah, you are Shooter Magooder, the one and only. <laughs> Let's not forget it. <laughs> All right. Well, we wrapped up the taglines. I, I think that went great. I was skeptical. You were extremely skeptical, but I think it went well. Yeah. As far as a bit, I yeah, I like it going bit. forward, and now knowing what it is. Oh, are you confused at the premise? Do you Not think we're going to like freestyle rap too? We can do that too. I'm down. No, no. I don't no. think anybody wants to hear that. No, probably not, but I do. We're not going to do it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, but we will get into, let's get into it. It's time. We had um, nothing insane popped off tonight on Housewives, but I mean, it was a good episode. There was a lot of ground being laid, I think, for some really good battles in the future. Like I think there's some some different factions that are starting to break off. I think we're starting to see what the teams are and I'm liking it. I'm surprised. I didn't know that there was a Diana crystal connection like that deep. And then she later said that she was her bodyguard. We'll, we'll wait for that. But I was, I was taken aback by that. It seems to be Sutton or sorry, that's not true. It seems to be Diana crystal and Garcelle, right? I think Garcelle kind of, she straddles the two groups, at least the two main factions, because she's constantly the one who gives people a voice. She when does. They need she will it. step in and like she's constantly the voice of reason. And I, like, I don't even know if it's a voice of reason necessarily. She's almost like a microphone where it's like it's her she, turn. Well, she can notice. Yeah, because I mean, in this group of women, they like constantly, and we'll get into this later, but like. They constantly, you know, talk over each other and they're all talking about their own thing. They're not like when they group up, they're grouping up. But Garcelle can step in and say, look, that's not what she was saying. When someone like Crystal or Sutton or Erica even is just trying to kind of talk about something, somebody will misinterpret it and then they run a mile. And yeah. then two or three of them will run behind her. Yeah. So it's a little tough to argue in this group at all because especially i mean they get paired up against like the ogs like that's the the original crew seems to always lean on each other yeah. versus whomever they're up against yeah. you know rena erica um dorit kyle like that they always even if they disagree they, they seemingly like work it out without saying anything so then all of a sudden they're all on the same page in an argument instantaneously yeah and it, it definitely took a while for the four of them to build enough trust and like friendship between them that they totally. feel comfortable kind of backing each other constantly. But at this point, that's really all they're doing mm -hmm. where if you piss one of them off, or if you say something insensitive to one of them, the other three will quickly come back at you. They'll come back at you without even letting the person that you insulted get a word in. Like yeah. they will speak for that person. And not only that, they'll tell you how that person is feeling, which actually kind of validates some of the shit that Crystal was saying. And we're, we're jumping the gun here, but, um, yeah, and we can, we can kind of like, we'll, we'll rein it in a little bit because we don't want to get ahead of ourselves right, here, right, but right. we'll get through the whole thing. We'll, uh, you know, we'll jump into it. It seems like we're obviously, you know, the Dorit storyline is still playing out. Um, as we knew it would, like we got yeah, we have to give it its fair amount of time. Sure. It's, it's less than two weeks since it happened. So, we're still going to kind of lead the episode with that. Like, yeah, how's, and how's Dorit feeling? And they let off with the, uh, you know, Kyle's opening her store. Um, Kyle and Shahida open up their fashion store. 
Um, and they're talking about how she had to close a bunch because of the pandemic and, um, they wanted one more brick and mortar, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we get to the voicemail from Dorit, which, you know, I, I want to tread lightly on this topic because of the obvious, but like, I am going to point out some things that I, there's inconsistencies and like, I want to point them out. And some consistencies. There are some consistencies. Dating back to, what, 2018 when Kyle's house was broken into. Oh, yeah. That was interesting. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm yeah. There. Um, the voicemail from Dorit, which she conveniently leaves the room. I, and I, that might just be a coincidence. And they're like, oh, we'll use this time to play the voicemail. But I just thought that it was like she knew she left the voicemail. She knew she had to give them time to discuss it. And, like, she just pops out of the room real quick. And they're like, oh, let's play it. Let's play it. Let's play it. I, I might be nitpicking. Probably am. But, like... That caught my eye. Fast forward a little bit. Kyle's going through her situation in 2018 when she was robbed. Yeah, I think she was talking about it on the reunion. Yeah, what did they steal first? Or what did she say that they stole? Right for the handbags. Handbags. She did eventually say, and then they got everything else, and the only thing that wasn't stolen from me were the things that were on my body. But it did seem peculiar. Emphasis on the purses. And... And maybe someone that's listening to this can point out why. Yeah, if you this... can prove me wrong, or like if you have evidence supporting that this is all on the up and up, like I'm here for it. I will listen. I am unbiased. I have nothing. I've never had anything against Dorit. Like I don't, I think she's good for the show. I think that she's, you know, fashionable and yeah. like she's great. Like I, I don't ever like, really have any kind of opinion about her she's just part of the crew but like well the thing with the handbags and and maybe this is what we're not necessarily overlooking but we're probably not giving as much attention to or at least much emphasis is handbags versus jewelry handbags will appreciate in value so yeah. okay. they i didn't actually know that are worth a lot more a couple years later i learned that tonight jewelry for the most part, I mean, their their jewelry is going to hold its value. That's what you always talk about, jewelry and diamonds and things, unless there's a shortage somewhere. It's holding its value, and that's what you hope for. A lot of the jewelry that we see in like a day-to-day. -day, a mineral market lesson, nice. Yeah, and Precious a lot of the jewelry gems. that we see day-to-day -day is, you know, you're hoping that it holds its value, whereas handbags that they have, they are, you know, timepieces and classic things and things that are no longer in production. You can't get your hands on unless you get one secondhand. And if they keep them right, obviously they're going to appreciate in value and be worth much more, especially in a secondary market or black market, or, you know, I don't know if there's a level below. I don't want to say that there's handbags. The dark the web. Market. Yeah. The dark web, the dark web of handbags. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to canal street, but they're being resold <laughs> for a lot of money. Philly reference. Yeah. So, yeah, that being said, I, I think maybe that's just that's probably the main thing, and that's probably the end all be all, and that's why I don't know. I'm not really the end -all be -all. caring too much, but who knows? I mean, you know, let's just get into it then. Like, there's a bunch of other stuff that like doesn't add up. All right, there, there's something coming out about the police report, and I haven't read the actual police report. I've read articles around it and stuff like that. I have done some research, so I'm not just like throwing random shit out here, but. There was not a mention of armed robbery in the police report. Now, could that be in the moment she was so traumatized she didn't report it that way? Totally. Like, obviously, it's there's different factors at play here, and I respect that. But 
the big one that I can't get away from. PK, I guess, invested in a casino. Okay, so he garnered his wages until the debt that he owed was paid off. He took out a loan to become an investor, whatever. But, but I thought that there were ties back to his other investors. And that's what made me, when we, we had talked about this off air, think, does PK have a gambling problem? Because oh, maybe. He, maybe he took out a little extra insurance, a little extra something for himself to spend at the casino and then lost it all. And that's what he's paying back. That's what I think could be oh. if he got a little something up front or said, you know, I'm, I'm going to invest $5 million in this but I'm going to keep 20% of full mill for myself to, to mess with, to try to, to mess with, to try to win try to... his debt money back in a night. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's sound logic. I get it. It's definitely sound logic. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, you put a million dollars on the craps table and then you get snake eyes. Nobody likes that. Well, no, but like, I mean, what are the odds of that happening? I don't know. I don't really want to do probability math right now, no, but we've, we've tried math on this show. It was an absolute yeah. disaster. I'm not touching that again. So back to what I was getting into, he, between 2015 and 2018, he paid off a total amount of $875,000 of that debt. All right. Then nothing from 2019 to 2021. Dorit PK robbed October of 2021. PK pays off a lump sum of the remaining debt of $2.7 million. Yeah. Granted, he's got a tax lien against him for over six figures. Dorit's got one as well for like 90K, I guess. You know, there's just a lot of things. Like it's starting to the bathwater spilling out a little bit in my mind. Like there's stuff coming out. It's not totally clean. Like there's yeah, just some question marks. In a situation like this, it's not exactly like your atypical uh, gas leak in a building when you want a new building and you get the insurance fraud. It's not something like that. Like when there's what we're suggesting is potentially a staged burglary. Yeah. But then I read something interesting. This was a comment and I'm sure it has no merit whatsoever, but I'm under the assumption that if, if stuff is weird, that it's both of them. Okay. Like that it's a PK Dorit combined effort. Like, okay, we need some cash. Like let's figure this out. One thing that I read from this comment was, Maybe PK staged it, didn't tell Dorit to get a real reaction out of her, but he knew the whole time. I'm assuming that the person that wrote this comment moonlights as a screenwriter and yeah, more sends than likely. In some scripts to various production agencies. More than likely. Yeah. More than likely. And I, again, holds no merit, doesn't mean anything. Interesting take. Yeah, definitely an interesting take. I will say, PK, his emotions genuinely seem genuine yeah i think he does and I, I mean one he wasn't there so he doesn't have the emotional scarring that dorit has and two obviously he's just kind of being there for his wife he's not really he's not really talking too much about you know what was taken or anything like that that you might normally do when somebody steals your things right he's only focusing on dorit which one makes him a good husband two looks good on tv looks great on tv and I don't know. I think, I think either both of them are on, are behind the scenes on this one, 
or everything's on the up and up. I, I don't see it going. It's not miserably. a solo effort. No. On either one's part. Okay. I mean, I, I, I thought it was an interesting take. I, again, it was a random comment. So who the hell knows? We started the episode off with Sutton on a vacation, which I was thrilled. It with. wasn't vacation. She was in Austin doing business deals. Okay, whatever. She was not there. And I was happy. I was like, oh my God, like a Sutton free episode. Like, come on. This is great. And of course, no. Um, we get to wherever. I don't know where Kyle was opening up her store. It's in the desert. Uh, La Quinta. La Quinta? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that was just the name of the resort because it's like the La Quinta uh, well, Hotel. It's also the, uh, like the area that they're in. Oh, okay. So yeah. they're in La Quinta mm-hmm. um, until proven otherwise. Yeah, there's a really and, cool golf course down there. All right. You know your shit. I think Kyle lives on it. I was going to look it up, but. She lives on time. a golf course. Yes. That was her second home in the desert. She yeah, you it. saw Bambi out there. Which, by the way. Bambi. I want to throw this out there. I love that Bravo uses like names and brings them on to the, the screen and shows you Bambi. The dog? Kyle's dog. River, Kyle's dog. You want to get and to then, know the animals. Yeah. Why? Because they stole the show and they the did. Stage. They were great. I, no, they were great. I loved. I just didn't know you were like invested in their. Oh animals. yeah, I I love it when an animal gets a little spotlight. People are gonna think I don't like dogs now. I yeah. love dogs, by the way. That was. A, I, I shouldn't have taken a stance against it. Yeah, I'm. I'm thrilled too. Yay, Bambi. I will say, I, I gave me a little agita. I loved Bambi. Bambi was super cute, but like, if you have dinner guests and you're eating steak on like a low sitting table or a low sitting couch, like control the dogs. If a dog eats my steak off my plate, like it's not cute and fun. Yeah, that that's annoying. Like, don't eat my steak. Like, that's mine. Get your dog under control. I think that's fair. the one dog's running across the table. Like it's mayhem. They're super cute, but it's chaos. And Kyle's just like sitting off in the corner, like, oh that. They're terribly trained. It's like, oh, no shit, Kyle. Yeah, we can see yeah, that. Yeah, the dog, there's paw prints on my plate from yeah. the dog walking across the table. Control your animals, please. Yeah, but we'll uh, we'll pick up where we left off with pretty much everybody just arriving in La Quinta and then, you know, obviously taking the, the moment to say that Dorit didn't go with Kyle because she didn't sleep. PK called Kyle and let her know she didn't get any sleep last night. Mm-hmm. They had her then have a driver take her down and you know, catch some sleep, whatever. That's fine. And then everybody else is kind of arriving. And then you get the, the interesting piece that I thought was who stays in Kyle's house, who goes to the hotel. Yeah, that was and interesting. They to spent me too. a little bit of time on that. Uh, I think it was Garcelle mentioning to her stylist or makeup artist that you know, Kyle has a five bedroom house and you know, I'm staying at Kyle's. I'm staying at the house. Oh, there's only five bedrooms, so who's going to stay where? And then Garcelle just kind of like laughs it off. But you can see the formation of, obviously, the faction of the faction. Erica, Dorit, Lisa, and Kyle. You know, and then Garcelle gets put in there because Garcelle, you know, she might piss somebody off here and then, but you kind of get what you get with Garcelle, and I think all the housewives know that too, and they yeah. respect it. So she's tagging along. I thought maybe they'd throw like Diana or something in there just so that they wouldn't have to put Diana in a resort because she's probably never stayed in a hotel Oh my room. God, dude. She brought a team with her. Yeah. Had a team go ahead. Of oh, no, no. Yeah. She didn't bring them with her. Oh, she sent them ahead. And I, I speculate that they got there hours before to scope it out, put a couple cameras up, make sure everything was good, which when she was explaining it, if I had that kind of money, I would do that too. If Somebody had... can make it 
so that every room, every place that I stay, every place that I walk into feels like home to me. But time Hell out. yeah. Time out. She has them face the chairs uh, so the backs are against the wall. Yeah, because she doesn't want to have her back to the door so right. that she can see whoever's walking in the front door. Right. Uh, I, I think that's fair. Sure, it's fair. You don't but know that's if her house like... was burglarized when she was 14 years old. Oh, here we go. I'm taking it back to Sutton. Give me a break. Like, I'll get to Sutton, but can I just would like to say, with Diana and her team and your comment, like, with fuck it money, you would, I, I can't imagine inconveniencing people to the point where I'm like, hey, can you head to La Quinta before me and turn all of the chairs so that I can see the door? Like, get the fuck out of here. You can, and like, they're driving there, and Crystal, who I thought had a very relatable moment, and I enjoyed it, was saying, have you been to the outlets? And Diana was flummoxed. I don't think Diana knows what the word outlets means. No, she genuinely didn't. She, she didn't was, say anything. No, she was very confused. And then I almost started laughing when Crystal started talking about like 30% off discounts because I knew from before the conversation started, like Diana doesn't shop at discount stores. Like no. Diana doesn't get discounts. And she very quickly proves that by saying, I've never, I don't go to stores, designers send me clothes. I pick what I like and send the rest back and pay yeah. for it. And it it is kind of funny, and I maybe you guys know this, maybe you don't, but tonight Steele and I actually watched the episode together live. Yeah, watch party. And it was it was definitely difficult holding in things that I wanted to say or uh, I know. moments that happened where I'm like, ooh, I've got something for this one. I had so much to say during it, and like just was sitting there, either like jumping up and down. At uh, and the moment I actually jumped up and down, that did happen. I was I was wrong about what was happening on the screen. But, yeah. yeah, um, like literally biting my tongue because I was like, oh my god, like I have a hot hot take for you, and I can't say it because we got to save it for the airwaves. Yeah, and and one of those moments was that I think both of us kind of had the same idea was when Crystal was talking about that in the car with Diana. Was she just saying that to be relatable and? I think kind so. Of raise her stock. I or... think so because she had like a hundred thousand dollar Birkin bag like last season. Yeah, um, but I think it was her first season. She wanted to make an impression. She's with these women who show the things that they've bought or whatever, and I think she was just making an impression last season. I honestly do think that if you are rich, you want to stay rich. I think she's just kind of you know money savvy and doesn't do the types of things the the lavish purchases that we usually see no and i can agree i need i need some housewives with that lifestyle i i want to see that like the diana jenkins of the world but i do appreciate one or two of them being relatable like for me i guess like it's it's important to have those moments like when they're crushing in and out like when they're on their way there you know earlier in the episode um kyle Seried a uh, Jack in the Box, which I thought was awesome. I was like, "Oh yeah, like Kyle's a bra bro too." Like I love Jack in the Box. And then fast forward, now they're they're cruising to the desert um, for Kyle's opening, and they need to stop at In and Out. And I I love that. I didn't care for how they ate. I thought that was too much. Like I I'm gonna be honest here. Like I have a big pet peeve about watching and hearing people eat on television 
like really truly don't care for it yeah i couldn't tell if like the editor put that in there because i could tell like it seemed like the microphones were a little too close like you could hear them crunching on fries yeah like i don't i don't want to hear it like i love that they're eating the in and out burger like awesome don't want to hear it no and then they're eating like so i guess so they don't mess up their makeup but it's just like I don't want to watch that. Yeah, it wasn't fun watching them try to eat fries, but kind of juxtaposed to what we were saying about Crystal with her very relatable moment where she's like, I I shop the outlets, I wait till things are 30% off, and then I buy them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's funny because like they push over to Erica, or yeah, they push over to Erica, mm-hmm. sitting down, picking out her outfits, going through clothing, and saying... You know, I'm used to, I wear things once, maybe twice, maybe twice. Oh, this isn't relatable for me. No, no, not at all. The complete opposite end of the spectrum. And she says, I, I usually wear them once and then I'll, I'll sell them off, sell a couple pieces and then buy some new shit. Right. And it's like, all right, that's cool. And she said, but I can't do that now because of the bankruptcy. And I'm like, well, what the hell does the bankruptcy have to do with you managing? Is it like litigation things? Like it would look bad if she's like. Yeah. selling all of her shit that she maybe got. I think she's already made herself look pretty bad. I don't think that this is nearly public enough for her to like behind the scenes I will sell say off some clothing. She made herself look bad on the show. I don't know. We don't know how she performed in court. That's fair. Yeah. I, I mean And again I like, just I just think, you know, who cares if you put two or three dresses on you know, the upscale version of Poshmark that I don't even know exists that I'm assuming it exists. I'm sure there's something. There's got to be a higher end retail yeah. app for for rich people that we don't know about. And we're maybe not I'll we're not it. privy to that information. No, yeah, I'll go looking. I'll, I'll find it. But yeah, who cares if she does that and then gets a little bit of money back and then immediately buys new things? Like those are things that she owns that aren't tied up in the bankruptcy. No. If it was tied up in the bankruptcy, then it would be locked away somewhere. She wouldn't be able to access it. So I don't know. It just didn't. Really, that didn't really make any sense to me. I don't see why she's not. I think she's. Here's my argument real quick. I think that to counter that, why that would look bad. Like you're assuming that she got those dresses because of the money that she had. Right. And that money was got because of embezzling and stealing from people. And if the allegations are true, then the dresses she'd be selling, she'd be profiting off of. That's true, and I I don't really know. This is where I like I don't know where where money law comes into play. But you're not maybe, a big money law guy. No, no, I'm not really into like the monetary compliance. But it's may, thrilling. Maybe when she sells these off, and I'm just speaking, you know, theoretically. Maybe when she sells these off, then the money is kind of out there, and it can be used as evidence for something. That makes sense. That's like that could be a thing. Like depending on how much she made and then they, you know, you value something when you sell it. So maybe she valued it a lot lower too or higher oh. depending on how insurance, who the hell knows. But that that could definitely be something. But it was just a kind of a funny situation where I, I questioned it immediately. Like what the hell does that have to do with anything and yeah. why? And like, oh, I, I guess I'll bite the bullet and wear it twice. Like, yeah. oh God forbid, woe is me. Yeah. That being said, I mean. Year of Erica Jane. She's she's making a comeback. She had some excellent moments in this episode. Earlier in the episode, they were starting to discuss the um, the Sutton stuff again about what she said to Kyle and like being insensitive and her bizarre responses overall. 
Garcelle cuts in, rightfully so. I'm like, why don't we wait for Sutton to get here? And this is where I think she's the voice of reason a little bit. She's like, let's let's have her here to defend herself so that she she can talk, so we can hear from her. We can yeah. get an answer. That, and, and that's, I feel like, what Garcelle does. She gives her a fair shake. So. Yeah, that, in which I, we need somebody doing that. Yeah, and I don't think it's, it's not specific to Sutton either. I mean, and we see later it's with Crystal, but like, or even the you know the lower end. I feel like even if like Kyle was in a situation, which we never really find her in situations this season anyway. Yeah, there was some shit that the end of the episode. Yeah, but I feel like it doesn't matter who it is. Garcelle's going to be like, all right, let's hear him out. Let's see what's going on. Yeah, let's hear him out. Let's let's get to the bottom yeah. of it from we, her perspective. Yeah, which is great. But then you know they all arrive. Well, you missed the Crystal uh, Crystal Sutton conversation where Crystal asks her like point blank, like what happened. Like, yeah, and and Crystal, oddly enough, Crystal and Sutton have gotten close from Dodger games. That situation, well, Dodger games, yeah, for sure. That was on Instagram, and Sutton even commented on like, "Who knew? Like baseball would bring people together." It's yeah, like, well, I sure. could have told you that. Like all Dodger fans, they probably showed up in like the sixth inning, caught you know an inning and a half, and then left. And it was probably a World Series game. Oh, I'm sure. That's, yeah, the worst fans in the country. Yeah, absolute worst fans, and we heard it here, too folks. Too much of them. Yeah, way too much. But that's when we get, you know, moving forward, we get to um, Kyle's store. They're they're doing the grand opening, um, which is cool. You know, she has a brick-and-mortar shop again post-pandemic. Good for her. The sign is crooked, and it drove me nuts yeah, the that whole was, time. That was one thing that Steele didn't have any issues with saying over and over again. It yeah. wasn't like I we needed out. to save this for the podcast. He nope. was like... It, it was bothering him. Yeah. That's the first thing I noticed. Yeah. I was like, oh, the sign's crooked. And, and then, then he you couldn't take his like, eyes off of yeah, it. Yeah, you thought I was nuts. And then, lo and behold, like three minutes later, you're like, oh, you know what? The sign is crooked. The sign was crooked. But it, she did start off the whole showing of the the uh, the store by saying there's a lot of things out of place. And I got to make sure everything's perfect. Yeah, but and she's moving sign? bags and doing things. That was a statement wall. Yeah. That wall was planned. Like, that, there's no excuse for a crooked sign. That's fair. lazy. That's a lazy contractor. I won't stand for it. My girl's trying to open up a shop. She's been on hard times through the pandemic. I say that loosely. She's doing fine. Get the sign right, buddy. Well, you know? the question is, is her clothing that great? Because oh, Diana, Diana <laughs> walking through, looking at dresses, liked it. They're nice. They're nice. I could definitely see myself wearing this uh, at, at home. home. At home. Like, I'm not going to go out in this. This isn't Gucci. And she says later, like, you say mean things to people. It's like, that was a deep cut. I because just that's I think... her store. That's like, this is me. I'm putting my vision out into the world of what I think is fashionable and cool. And arguably the most up it like most uppest echelon is what I almost said. Yeah. Well, I th- most I th- upper echelon woman there. Diana Jenkins, I would wear it at home. Yeah. And I think that we're in a safe space. You can talk and, and create words if you want to. I'm fine with it. But... And I, don't, I don't enjoy it because I feel like I continue to do it and our listeners are going to get the wrong idea. <laughs> well, I do think with Diana specifically, what, what we're seeing now is there's going to be something building in the future where, you know, she starts off, she's very oblivious to outlets she's oblivious to the way that other people live that Mm -hmm. don't live like she does she makes comments like that about kyle's 
clothing and then still sits there and says things to Sutton that actually come back on Diana. Like Diana says things and she has no idea how they're taken. She just thinks this is my life. I'm Diana. This is how I talk and this is how I live. So I don't really care how you live. I, I have no idea. I don't, yeah, I don't know, nor do I care to, yeah. is the vibe I get. It's yeah. like, it's beneath her. It's like this, oh, you live that way? Gross. Well, it'll be funny to see how, in the future, if she makes one of those comments to somebody and they don't take it that well. I could see that totally Once they happening. get a little closer and they're kind of tired of the bullshit. You know who will snap back at that? Is Rinna. Yeah. Rinna will, she'll clap. I thought you were going to say Erica. No, because I, I genuinely think that Erica's, and we, we saw it at the opening, like she was putting in work. Oh, like she's she, enamored by Diana. She wants to be tight with Diana. Like she's putting in the effort. She's talking about that Cartier ring that she's wearing. And like, which by the way, did she buy a new Cartier ring just to show? No, Diana? no, no. That or was, did she already have that. That was Dorit's, I think. Oh, it was Dorit's? Yeah, okay. I'm pretty right, sure Because it was I thought that was really funny coming off the heels of not being able to buy new clothing. And she busts she out a Cartier ring. She probably didn't buy new clothing because she bought a new Cartier ring to impress Diana. Which, but she would. And like, yeah. then she's talking to Diana about the Jade one, which is like all black. Mm-hmm. And like, like, I need to know somebody to get, then she's like, I got it. I got it. Like, yeah, she probably boom. called somebody. She goes, let's order it now. Out. Yeah. And then I'm thinking because she was paying for all of Crystal's purchases that night. Like that was her. Yeah. I couldn't tell if that was like a running joke. Or... No, I think that was legit. That seems legit. And Good then Crystal. because Garcelle tries to hop on that train and Crystal was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Don't fuck this up. Don't. Yeah. Like Nip this is a big, this is big. Like shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I think that the whole season we're going to see Erica kind of erring on the side of Diana. Like regardless of whether she believes she's right or wrong, I think that she's always going to be on Diana's side. And this even goes back to like a watch what happens live episode when they're talking about Diana for the first time. And this is obviously postseason. And Erica is like, oh, Diana's great. Like, she still has good things to say yeah, about so her. Yeah, so we know right then and there that we're not going to see any, no. any butting of heads. And that's Erica why I thought Diana. that we were going to see an Erica-Diana, like, two-headed monster. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Now, I do think that Erica's going to do her best to make that happen. I don't know if Diana's going to take the bait. And I'm curious. To Probably like, not. I think she's very oblivious and doesn't really care. See, I think nobody gets to that position that they're in. Being actually oblivious. I am almost convinced it's an act. Yeah, I don't think she's oblivious all the time. I I don't think think she ever is. I just think with people maybe that she recognizes as lower than her on the totem pole, that she's like, I really don't care. I I agree, but I don't think it's oblivious. I think it's more, that's a choice. She's making a choice and she's, she's putting on that front. And she's just like cooking it up in her brain. Like she, she's ready to strike at all times. I oh, think so she you... saves it, saves it, saves it. And she puts out this act knowing that they're not going to be ready for her when she's ready to take that stab. And I'm excited to see if I'm right because she says, you want the villain? I'll be your villain. Yeah. Maybe you might be right. Maybe she is methodical. I forgot about the villain. Yeah. Comment, but I, we're sort of seeing eye to eye here, not necessarily how it happens, but Shocking. at least the end game, which I think is maybe she just gets to this point where she's let her guard down so much about what she says 
that she says some completely off the wall shit. Maybe because she's so oblivious to what is going on around her. And that could be true. That, I just I don't think that you get to being that prolific of a person, being genuinely oblivious all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's that's just my take. But I mean, we'll. It's going to be fun to watch, regardless. Getting back to the storyline, we have what I found to be a very insincere and half-ass apology from Sutton to what? I just don't think that it doesn't, she doesn't get enough credit for actually saying I'm sorry. Whereas no one in the history of Bravo says the words, I'm sorry, unless they fully, fully, fully get back into a corner. Sutton, I thought early in the episode, I thought maybe she's going to stand her ground but find a way to make everybody believe that she's apologetic without actually fully apologizing and saying she was wrong about something, which she still hasn't been like, I never should have fucking said. No, she, I mean, to her credit, credit where credit's due, she did say, like, that was wrong of me. That was insincere to say that about having, like, I didn't have a gun held to my head. So, like, all right, credit where credit's due there. Yeah, I mean, she is definitely, like, pushing very hard on the burglary when she was 14 and that's and her that's my problem himself. like obviously those are two terrible traumatic events but like keep it in perspective here like you are taking the limelight like you literally literally said that you thought the best plan of action was no action like oh i just stayed out of it because when i was going through something like that's what i wanted but I think she keeps taking it back to her problems. And if all of that shit with Dorit is 100% true, like, yeah, you have uh, some really sad things that happened to you in your past. Yeah. You deserve to be heard about it. But like, why now? Like just understand that Dorit's the main focus and stop making it about your problems. Like you can have that bad moment. Sure. And you can explain it away. Like, Hey, I have this issue because of these things. I'm sorry. And then stop talking about it. Let Dorit like have her moment where she can grieve through this process instead of constantly bringing it back to, well, this is why, this is why, this is why. Like, yeah, it's fucking sad. I get it. Like understandable, but not the time and place. I don't think. No. And I, I think that she, when it comes to Sutton, obviously she doesn't have a deft touch with any of this, but I don't know if she felt like she needed a reason to feel the way that she does where like when I actually like legitimately like resonated with what Sutton was saying was when she was saying when I get uncomfortable in situations sometimes I just say shit that doesn't make any sense and it, it just doesn't work and it can be insensitive or it can make absolutely no sense I was like, I get that. Like the uncomfortable laughing in a situation where you don't, you shouldn't definitely not be laughing or you say some things that you don't necessarily mean because you're in such a state of uncomfortability that you just don't want to deal with it. So like, I kind of, I did actually get that when she was saying that and then she apologized. So I did think that like she was able to actually sincerely apologize to Reed said it felt genuine I thought it looked genuine, sounded genuine. And then immediately after, stabs Kyle in the back, literally. Yeah, I honestly, and again, I, I don't think there was any issue with that. I think that as friends, I think that's kind of funny. But it's, they're not friends because immediately after they break the hug, 
she said, I do it to your face. And Sutton's response is, I know who you are. Yeah, I think that's still fine. I think that's still two people who were no, that's fully acquainted cool. with each other. I think that's this is how they address each other. I know who you are is implying, like, I know the real you, bitch. Like, yeah. back up. That's not fun. That's not friendly. They're not friends. Like, later on, as they're getting into it, like, they're not. And we can just fast forward there, like, right now. Yeah, I mean, we already touched on the uh, the the dinner meal that was interrupted by the dogs. Yeah, so here we are. We're back with Bambi. Yeah, and um, Bambi got a full meal in. I mean, steak, and multiple. then went for the tuna tartare afterwards. Yeah, like crushing. Yeah. By just, the way, also not healthy for your dog to be eating a steak like that in one bite. Again, I think Daisy's up there in the years. I think she deserves a good steak every once in a while. But no, Bambi ate the steak. Oh, shit. Yeah. And oh, like, I was thinking, never mind. One bite filet gone. Like, it's just like, if you're going to allow your dog to eat steak, at mm-hmm. least cut it. And yeah. don't let it eat off people's plates. Like, that's mean. Not mean, but it's just, it's rude. Whatever. Uh, this is not dog corner, but I could go on for days. Um, but we, they are getting into it there. We're back at Bambi's. Um, and Bambi's house. <laughs> back at Bambi's house. Um and they are kind of tiptoeing around it. And then Garcelle just flat out. All right, Sutton, let's talk about it. Like, Love it. That, fucking incredible. But Such I, a good To moment. be fair, I also don't think... It's not like there was any blindsiding going on here. No. I don't, I don't really think that she... It was like an obvious blindside. It's yeah, like... But like, I don't yeah. think that she took... And you might think that this could happen, but... I don't think that Garcelle gave Sutton any notice that we were going to do this. Like, hey, no, no, pull her aside. Like, yo... The girls had some bad things to say shit. about you, and I'm gonna give you the spotlight so that you can explain what's going on and hopefully clear the air. Yeah, no, I don't was, think she did that. No. I think she wanted it to be organic. She mm-hmm. wanted it to happen. Love Garcelle for that. Yeah, it was and great. I think what we got into was where we're seeing the lines being drawn in the sand. Yeah, you where, start to see the factions. Yeah, and. I mean, you know, maybe Sutton is still on the out for with pretty much everyone, but they're always going to keep her included. And I think she still has pretty good ties with Crystal at this point. She does. And she seems to get along with Garcelle still. But then Diana fucking Jenkins, baby, she comes out and why she's great. And this is playing into the oblivious factor is she does not have a filter nor cares. And she says that Sutton is clumsy and weird with words, and does things to hurt people. To which Sutton replies, and this is why I think that her apologies she, are she bullshit. She didn't say does things to hurt people. She does. She said she did. Does she says things does that, that, that hurt, hurt people. people. Yeah, okay. To Redact. hurt people. There. Yeah, prepositional phrasing there is very important. Objection sustained. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I, I do believe in getting the wording right yep. as to not start any fake fires. So, yeah, she says that you do things that hurt people. And I guess that that's better then the, the intention's not there. Yeah. Yeah. So Sutton's response and why I think that she's full of shit is that I love to apologize. And I think that's her go-to move. She's like, oh, I know none of these chicks are going to apologize. So like if I need to get out of a moment, like I backed myself into a corner, I'm going to say sorry. I don't just... see. I don't think so because then Diana followed it up by saying, but I will give you this. You're always working on yourself and always trying to better yourself. And it goes into. Oh yeah. Diana did like, was it too, she, uh, like she, she rose and thorned her? Yeah. But it was, and you can kind of see it too, because as I said earlier, with Sutton and Crystal, they've actually grown close because of the 
the situation that happened last year where Sutton just walked in on Crystal while she was getting changed. They grew closer because Sutton was able to apologize, tell her, you know, I didn't really mean anything by it. And on the car ride home, she said, I grew more as a person and with you because I was able to hear how you were feeling and really try to understand where you were coming from instead of just dismissing you. Right. I Which that works was... with, you know, obviously she's playing Crystal against the others because she wants Crystal to be her friend in, in her corner. 100%. But at the same time, I do actually believe that. And if Sutton's saying, I love apologizing, I think that just means she likes apologizing because... She's always fucking she's, doing stupid shit. Well, I mean, she's always doing stupid shit, so she's always apologizing. Right. And she's constantly, like, tiptoeing around everything until she finally apologizes. But I think she apologizes, and again, the things that she does and says are very good for the show. No, and, you know, I guess, as you said before, like, she makes the show run, like... Okay, or people like that make the show run. But then somehow this whole thing shifts, right? And Crystal comes to Sutton's defense and says, this is where you really see the line drawn in the sand. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is the groups this year. She says that you never take anybody else's account or anybody else's feelings into account. And she's talking about all of the girls on the other side of the room. She's talking about Erica. She's talking about Rinna. Kyle, Dorit, and Dorit's response is, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah, well, and they got too caught up in comparing Sutton and Crystal's situation last year to Dorit's situation this year. That's not at all what she was trying to do. Yeah, no, I know that. That The waters got muddied for sure. Yeah, and they were fixated so much on, you can't compare the two. What the fuck are you talking about? That's not what she's trying to do. All she's just trying to say is, look, Sutton was emotionally handicapped in this situation she's saying she was but she still apologized and that's cool crystal was emotionally handicapped last year no one listened to her they all told her that she was ridiculous and saying that she was violated was like dramatic as hell they told her that she needed to say rude and and by doing so i mean yeah they're invalidating her feelings and that was the the argument was they don't take other people's feelings into account which you know the whole thing is based on like if they're feeling that way and Garcelle says it multiple times, like if that's how she's feeling, that's how she's feeling. You can't tell her how she's feeling, which I agreed with all of that. Like that made sense, obviously to me where you do see that. And the funny thing is like the instant that they somewhat understand like what they're trying to say immediately, Kyle, and this is one of her flaws. I did say that she did have some shortcomings. You know, I'm a Kyle Stan for life, but she does have her moments like, she's so quick to be like, Oh my God, we do, we do, we do. And it's like, well, now you're not like, you're almost patronizing at that point because that's not how you're going to show her that you give a fuck. Like you need to actually put in the effort to give a fuck. You can't hop up mid argument and be like, Oh, I get it now. And like Dorit tried to do it too. And then crystal with the, the vernacular that was used was bugging me. Like, you know, I, I, she was being, I do believe that she was being overdramatic like, I thought the word choice was horrible. And Dorit pointed that out. Like, this isn't a safe space for me. Like, well, yeah. And you're, she just got robbed at gunpoint. So, like, no spaces are safe at the moment. So, like, tread lightly with, like, the words you're being used here because you're upset that they're not understanding your feelings, making this an unsafe space. Like, Dorit's afraid she's going to die. Unsafe space. Like, I, the yeah, way, and but, that's what Kyle quickly calls her a millennial. Yeah. Or Generation was- XYZ. 
And I thought that was hysterical because yeah, that was then, just because then she started to use words that we hear from millennials. We are millennials, by the way. Mostly Gen Z. We hear these words, but are they? Yeah. Oh, we can get into that debate. No, no I don't have <laughs> enough time for that one. I don't but have the energy. The the ending of this interaction, um, Diana gets up, and this is where we really see it. Diana's like the bodyguard. I'm I'm her bodyguard, and the bodyguard is leaving. And Crystal hops up, and Crystal goes with Diana. Diana's got her back clearly. Like we, yeah, she didn't even have to say anything during the exchange. No, and I don't think that she. Maybe this kind of goes back to what you're saying, where she is like a little more calculated, less mm-hmm. oblivious to the things around her. No, yeah, she didn't say a word for or against. Crystal, obviously she nope, said she something about Sutton, but then she kind of came back with something nice about Sutton. So I think she's going to be more like, these are my actions. My actions are, all right, Crystal's leaving. I'm leaving. That's a good friend. Great friend. Bodyguard's and here. Bodyguard's here. I got your back. And I think she's setting it up. She's yeah. like, oh, I, I'm ride or die. I'm I'm a good guy. Like, I'm going to call you out. But like. Well, part know. of it, that that could also be why Erica is being so nice in the voice of reason about Sutton or about a uh, crystal rather oh, is because she Diana. sees the connection to Diana. See, here's, that's such an Erica Jane move. Here's, or here's Diana's hurt puppy crystal. I'm going to defend her. Maybe not defend her, but no, but I'm least... not going to, I'm not going to go against her because exactly. I'm not going to go against Diana. Yeah. Ah, she could like be it. sitting back there. There's a reason why she sat a little bit further back next to Diana see how diana's feeling about this if diana's not going to talk i'm not going to talk interesting the brav bros are agreeing on a lot tonight yep that's interesting it could be because we watched the episode together i wonder if that has something to do with it i don't think so probably not no that about does it for the brav bros i think that's that's all yeah we got it all out well thank you guys once again for listening thank you for continuing to listen um Watching the the listens kind of tick up is my new addiction. That's all I, I want to do is keep checking the numbers because they keep going up, and that's fucking awesome. So thank you, guys. Keep on listening, and we will be back next week with episode four. Episode four. Wow. Looking forward to four. it. All right. Well, Brock Bros are out. Catch you guys next week. Bye. Boom.